0: What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week 14 of my weekly NFL picks show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. If you happen to catch me on Twitter last night, you'll remember that I mentioned that uh, today's episode is going to be a, a bit of a joyride as I'm recording it early in the morning. As of right now, it's 10 after 8.00 in the morning here in Nova Scotia. The episode's not going to come out until this evening, and that is due to silly work schedules. But we're going to get through this episode. This is going to be probably the lightning quick episode of the season. We're not going to go into as much detail in each individual game as we're used to. So this is going to be a quicker episode for you this week. Hopefully the picks end up just as good. Let's talk about week 13 for a minute before we get into the picks. Week 13, our third straight quite successful week here pretty well across the board we went 10 and 5 straight up in week 13 double digits gotta love it 119 up 71 down with the two ties so far on the season against the spread another successful week nine and six against the spread that has us 103 up 85 down with four pushes against the spread on the season I'm liking those numbers over under, we were almost there. We were seven and eight over under, and I had the chance to go eight and seven based on the Monday night game, but Indianapolis got a little score happy against the hapless New York Jets. So we ended up seven and eight in week 13 over under. That has us 104 up, 87 down, with one push on the season so far over under. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, incredibly successful week. Start with the bronze pick where we swept the table. That was the Baltimore-Miami game. Holy cow, what a blowout that was. Baltimore beats Miami 38-6. I told you to take Baltimore to win that game. I told you to go Baltimore minus 3.5, so that was a big-time win against the spread. And over-under, I told you to go over 41 points. Baltimore almost clears that on their own. So that is a win there as well. So we swept the bronze pick. Silver pick, I told you to go New England over Los Angeles. That works out in a big bad way. They almost triple them up even without Rob Gronkowski. Patriots win 26 to 10. It was an against-the-spread win because I told you to go New England minus 13. They win the game by 16. It was not over-under loss, however, as I told you to go over 44.5 points. They only get to 36. Gold pick, Indy over the Jets. That was the game last night. They clobbered them. They absolutely destroyed the New York Jets, so that worked out there. Uh, against-the-spread win, as I told you to go Indianapolis minus 1. I have no idea why that line was the way that it was when I got it, but hey, thank you very much. It wasn't over under losses. I told you to stay under 49.5 points and Indianapolis clears that on their own, I think, <laughs> almost. It was damn close anyways. So that that does not work out under 49.5. Platinum pick. Told you to go Green Bay over Houston. That works out. Green Bay wins the a snowy game 21-13 over the Texans. It was an against the spread win. I told you to go Green Bay minus four and a half. And if you've been listening, that means we swept straight up and we swept against the spread on the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. And I'm so excited about that. And for the second week in a row, we swept the platinum pick because I told you to stay under 46 and a half points in that Green Bay Houston game. And they only get to 34. 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread, 2-2 on the over-under in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. Let's take a look at the Bridgewater's Finest Private Pick'em Pools for Season 5 of the show. Starting in the straight up pool, I remain in second place, behind in a minute man. I think I closed the gap a little bit on him this week. I'm at 1,041 out of 1,521 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 68% and it's right where you want to be. In week 13, I pulled in 97 out of 120 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 81%, and we always like that, but it was not good enough to win week 13. Shout out to our week 13 winner, Walker the Line, and I think it might be the first time that I've called that name this season. 12 and 3 straight up in week 13. Awesome week for them. 107 out of 120 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 89%, and it was good enough to win week 13. As I mentioned, In A Minute Man remains our overall leader in the straight-up pool, 122, 68, and 2, so still 3 better each way than I am, and 1,048 out of 1,521 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 69%, so In A Minute Man leading me currently by 7 points, closed the gap a little bit there increased the gap between second and third place between myself and Gilius Thunderhead. I believe I increased it anyway, now I'd have to go back and take a look. But it's still really competitive here is what I'm trying to say. The top three spots especially, nothing is determined yet in the straight-up league. And you want to talk about close, let's go to the the against-the-spread pool. I'm in third place now out of 22 managers in the the against-the-spread pool with 102... Yes, sorry, I had to double check right quickly. 102 correct against the spread picks based on Yahoo's lines out of the 191 games played so far this season. That's a clip of 53%. But in week 13, I did pull in nine of the 15 games correctly. That is a clip of 60% and that's better. Shout out to our week 13 co-winners, Holly Gordon, Brady's back, as well as who calls their kid Eli Apple. And that's the first time I've called that name. And it's one of the funnier names in either of my leagues. So they co-won week 13, they were 10 and 5 against the spread, 10 of 15 correct, that's a clip of 67%. And I told you it was close at the top. How close? Half Moon's pick's lead has disappeared, we have co-leaders once again in the against the spread pool, that is Half Moon's pick's and Holly Gordon. Brady's back. They're tied at 103. And how many did I say I had? 102. So the top three are only separated by one game. It's gonna come right down to the wire this season. And that keeps you excited. That keeps you invested. That keeps you motivated. 103 out of 191 games. Picked correctly against the spread based on Yahoo's lines. That's a clip of 54% for our league leaders. So shout out to Brady's back and who calls their kid Eli Apple for co-winning week 13. And to Brady's back and Half Moon's picks for remaining the well, for Half Moon's picks for remaining and Brady's back for being the new co-overall leader in the Against the Spread pool. And shout out again to In A Minute Man and Walker The Line for both Walker The Line winning week 13 and In A Minute Man remaining the overall leader of the straight up pool. Let's take a peek into Fantasy Corner. Let's see how my fantasy football teams, my eight fantasy football teams, did across week 13 in the NFL. In a lot of leagues, this is the last week of the regular season. And I had a shot early in the week. It was looking like I had a great shot to go 8-0 across those teams, and I ended up settling on five and three. Things kind of slowed down later in the week. Five and three in those eight leagues. In the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook, or Facebook, I guess, did it again. I think I did that last week. NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, I did end up beating Matt Coombs, Matt the NFL fanatic, Stat Pack as he's known in this league. Ended up winning that matchup, kind of playing spoiler for his playoff hopes, I end the regular season 5 and 8. We're in the conciliatory rounds now. Obviously, I did not make the championship bracket, but I'm in the, the consolation bracket in that league. Week 14, I have a matchup against Gavin uh, oh, Gavin OC four, as he's known uh, in the league, and I believe on YouTube as well. Right now, it's a projected loss, but I don't think either of us have actually even looked at our teams for Week fourteen. So, thank you, Matt, for the matchup last week, and uh, thank you, Gavin, for the upcoming matchup. And hopefully, I can uh, come out on top there and uh, and uh, and move on in the consolation bracket in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League. And as always, I'll let you know if you're listening to the episode on YouTube, watching the YouTube video, you can go down to the description of the video, you're going to find all of my results from week 13, you're going to find all my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 14, you're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for season five of the show, you're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, which I urge you to continue to do, and you're going to find links to other high-quality NFL YouTube prognosticators who get out there and do this every single week. If you're listening on SoundCloud, search NFL YouTube prognosticators on Facebook. Get joined up on the page. It's a lot of fun. I've been selling it to you all season. Get in there and join the fun. I promised you speed in these picks, and that's exactly what you're going to get. Here come the picks for Week 14. We're going to start with the battle for AFC West supremacy as the Oakland Raiders are going to travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. A lot of fun to be had in this game as you have elite home team 4-1 and on the season versus elite undefeated road team at 5-0. Look Raiders, they've won six straight games. They're 7-1 against the AFC. As I mentioned, they're unbeaten 5-0 and on the road. I'm still going to tell you to go Kansas City in this game. Like, I can't take anything really away from the Raiders from their game last week against Buffalo, except for the fact that they did get down pretty big and they were looking pretty pedestrian there until they turned it around. Now, that comeback doesn't have a lot to do with Tyrod Taylor, but especially when we talk about the Bills game this week, Tyrod Taylor did end up being a big reason why the Bills lost that game. Uh, Now, of course, the part of that is, you know, Khalil Mack, right? He's kind of a good football player. But, you know, Tyrod Taylor, I think, has to take a lot of the criticism for them losing that game. That was a game Buffalo should have won. They did enough to win, except in the tail end of the third quarter and into the fourth. So that was a frustrating loss for the Bills. To take nothing away from the Raiders, because the Raiders did what the Raiders have done all season, is they get themselves in a hole, they dig themselves out of it because of Derek Carr, but this time it was the run game too, the run game kind of picking it up too, the run game playing well, the run game being a key reason why they came back in that football game. I'm starting to think the only way to beat the Raiders is to keep them in a close game. If you get them down, or if you get out to a good start, you get them down by a couple of scores early, they're gonna come back because that's what the Raiders do this season. Luckily, one thing the Chiefs seem to be really good at doing are winning close games. They're 9-3 this season, but they've only outscored their opponents by 39 points. Chiefs, of course, barely coming away with the victory last week because of a going-for-two Pick two at the end of the game by Eric Berry, and what an amazing sight that was for Eric Berry to do that in his hometown. Really, the only reason the Chiefs won that game, they really should have ended up losing it, I believe. But they won the game, they're nine and three, they've won two in a row, they're four and one in their last five. And I'm very interested to see how Oakland is going to fare going into Kansas City. Incredibly difficult building to win in, obviously, where the Chiefs are four and one. And this is going to be the most difficult road game that the Raiders are going to play all season my gut tells me Kansas City I'm going Kansas City On the line, Chiefs are favored by three points at home, and I'm going to take that where it's a field goal or less. Kansas City minus three. Total in this game, 47 points. I think you stay under on it because I think that Kansas City defense is going to show up. I think they're going to show up to play. Now, look, they didn't particularly do that last week against Atlanta, so I don't expect two stinkers in a row from the Kansas City defense. So 47 points, it's too many for me under 47. Kansas City beats Oakland in Kansas City, and Kansas City minus 3. And hey, let's talk about the Bills. Buffalo is going to play host to Pittsburgh this week. Pittsburgh, of course, had a very convincing victory in Week 13. Buffalo, as we mentioned, not so much. And again, as I said, Tyrod Taylor really needs to shoulder a lot of the blame for this loss. Look, on one of the The interception, the late interception that he threw when the Bills, I think, were either the Bills were leading by a point or Oakland was leading by a point. I can't remember which it was now. They were backed up basically to their own goal line, I think from their own two or something. Tyrod Taylor takes the snap and he's just standing there in his end zone. Like, I get it. You're waiting for somebody to get open? Throw the ball away. You can't stand there in the end zone for that long waiting for somebody to get open. If you were on your own twenty-five, then okay, great. Take a little bit of extra time and take the sack. But not when you're in your own end zone. You can't stand there for that long when Khalil Mack is pass rushing you. You just can't do it. Throw the ball away. New play. Live to play another day. He didn't do that. Khalil Mack gets a hand on it, causes an interception. What happens? I think on the very next possession, Khalil Mack strip sack recovery. Strip sack fumble recovery, just like the 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 absolute, the hat trick in, as us Canadians would say, in one play. Like Khalil Mack is a boss, and I think Khalil Mack is going to find some success against Kansas City this week too. I still just like the Chiefs to win. But if we're looking at the Bills having to now play Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, not a great road team. They're 3-3, three and three, so I mean, hey, 500 on the road, you can't really argue with it. And they're only 5-3 and three against the AFC. But the Bills are only three and five against the AFC, and at home they're only three and two. So they've only had five home five home games. They're only one game over five hundred. They're two and three in their last five. Steelers are three and two, including three straight victories. They're peaking at the right time. Take Pittsburgh in this one. I like the Steelers on the line. Buffalo only a two point dog at home. If that line grows to maybe four points, five points, something like that. So if that line really takes off later in the week. You might be tempted to hedge your bets here and go Buffalo plus 5. As of right now, where it's only plus 2, I think you got to take the favorite side of that and take Pittsburgh minus 2 on the road in Buffalo. Total in this game is also 47 points. For this one, I'm going to tell you to go over. Pittsburgh's offense is really clicking here, and I just like the prospects of Ben Roethlisberger playing that Buffalo defense, who did really fall apart against Oakland last week. Could be a couple of garbage time scores late in the game, but I like that game to go over 47. So, Pittsburgh beats Buffalo in Buffalo. Pittsburgh minus two on the line, over 47 points. Battle of Ohio here as the Cincinnati Bengals are going to travel to Cleveland to play the Browns, and I really have absolutely zero reasoning for this other than, again, I don't think Cleveland's going 0-16. I'm going to take the Browns, and I really have no statistical justification for it it's kind of a gut feeling As I said, if Cleveland's going to win a game this season, it's going to be at home against a team that struggles on the road. Cincinnati does kind of fit that bill. They're only 1-5 and on the road this season. They really have nothing left to play for. This is one of those games where it's like, oh, we're playing for pride, but I mean, it's against a winless team, so is there really a lot of pride that's being played for there? I guess Battle of Ohio, as I talked about a little bit in the comments section of last week's video. Or maybe it might have even been the week before. But I I just, again, I don't think Cleveland goes 0-12. Or 0-16. They're already 0-12. Does that mean that I think they win some of their more difficult games this season? No. But this is a game that you have to call this game winnable when it's Cincinnati with no A.J. Green. They still got Tyler Eifert, so Cleveland's going to have to figure out a way to, I don't know, play some defense. Especially run defense but I I'm just I'm just gonna go with it call me insane I guess if you want. I just don't think Cleveland goes 0 and 16 so I'm gonna take the Browns this week to beat the Bengals. on the line, Cleveland a six point dog at home it was another one where even if I was taking Cincinnati, I think I'd like Cleveland's side of that line. It's almost a touchdown and I don't think you can give Cincinnati's offense that much credit without AJ Green. so Cleveland plus six. Total in this game, 43.5 points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it. It's a relatively low number, 43.5, and and you don't know what you're going to get from Cleveland's defense. Robert Griffin III may be starting at quarterback for Cleveland this week, so that at least gives them a quarterback that's got some weaponry, I guess. He's got some tricks in his bag, I guess. So 43.5, I think Cleveland will score their points. I think Cincinnati will score their points. Forty-three and a half, it's low enough. We're going to take the over on that one, over 43 and a half points. Cleveland upsets Cincinnati in Cleveland. I like Cleveland plus six and over 43 and a half. Tennessee Titans are going to play host to the Denver Broncos. Now, obviously with the Titans in that division, I mean, everything is still up for grabs there. You got three teams at six and six, all co-leading that division. Uh, none of them have been playing particularly spectacularly, but they're all they're all still in there. And of those three teams, the Tennessee Titans are the only team so far on the season who has scored more points than they've given up. Indy is exactly at zero net points for the season, 311 and 311, and that was after blowing out the Jets. There are a number of people that are on Tennessee in this game based on the fact that Tennessee's playing at home. And, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get out of the Broncos offense. You don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. We have to assume it's going to be Trevor Siemian, as Paxton Lynch did not look good last week against Jacksonville. So you have to assume, hopefully, if he's healthy, Trevor Siemian is back in there. But if Paxton Lynch is back in there, Tennessee could very well have a field day. Denver still got some injuries on defense. It's a very popular pick to go with Tennessee. That's not the way I'm going to go. I have to defer to the team that I feel overall is the better team, and for me, that is Denver. That is still Denver's defense, even if they're missing a couple of pieces. That's still that scheme. The Denver offense has the potential to blow up at any time, especially if Trevor Simeon is in there as he's now displayed himself to be a definite uh, better option than Paxton Lynch, at least right now. So I have to defer to the better team. I think it's Denver, even though the game's in Tennessee. Look, Tennessee's only 500 at home. They're only 3-3. Three and three. Denver's 4-2 and two on the road. They are a better road team than Tennessee is home team. So I, I got to defer to the better team. The better team to me is Denver. I like the Broncos. On the line, Tennessee's only favored by a single point at home. That's why I'm going to be taking Denver plus one. Obviously, I like them to win the game. Basically, a pick total in this game is 43 and a half points again i'm kind of tempted to go under on it because again you don't know what you're going to get from one side offensively the defenses are both fairly good even though that's a low number yeah why not let's do it let's go under 43 and a half on that line when you got two defenses that are fairly talented denver beats tennessee in tennessee like denver plus one on the line and under 43 and a half points Let's go to Miami now where the Dolphins had their win streak snapped last week in a huge way against Baltimore. Miami's going to be playing host to the Arizona Cardinals, and this is another one. You're going to slap me for saying it again, but it's all about the situation, and I like Miami in this game despite the fact that I think Arizona is objectively the better team. It is all about the situation. Miami's 5-1 and one at home. Five of their seven wins have come in Miami. And if you take a look at Arizona's results on the road, they're only 1-4. This has not been a good road team at any point this season. Now, yeah, uh, Arizona won their last game. They're still only 2-3 and three in their last five. Miami lost last week, but they're 4-1 and one in their last five. They had, again, as I mentioned, a big win streak. Based on the situation, I'm going to go Miami here. I think the Dolphins can get it done in their own building. I like Miami straight up in what some people are going to consider an upset, no matter what the line says. I like Miami to beat Arizona. On the line, Dolphins favored by a point and a half based only on the fact that it's in Miami. So I'll take that because it's only a point and a half. Miami minus 1.5. Total in this game is also 43.5 points, and I think you have to go over on it, because Arizona's defense on the road has been horrible. Miami's defense last week was horrible. These are two fairly good offenses. I'm not sure why this line is as low as it is, So, or the total, rather. 43.5 points, I think it sails over. Take the over in a game that Miami wins straight up, and Miami minus 1.5 on the line. Battle of the NFC East here as the Redskins are going to travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. I call this the Tweeter versus Team Sean Ryan Bowl. Uh, Washington in Philadelphia to play the Eagles. I'm going to take Philadelphia in this game because Philadelphia has had incredible results in Philadelphia. They can't win worth a lick on the road, but they can win in their own building, and their defense tends to play incredibly well in their own building. Even though right now Washington, objectively, they're playing better football, I think they're objectively a better football team as a whole, they're still the worst defense, statistically speaking, in that division. I like the prospects of Philadelphia's defense, keeping them at bay, so I'm going to take the Eagles. This game is a pick'em in Philadelphia, so obviously take Philadelphia's side of that as a pick'em, as I think that line may grow a point or two towards Philadelphia's side as we get closer to game time. Actually, you know what? That line really could go either way now that I think about it. Total in this game, 46 and a half points. I have to tell you to stay under because again, I like the prospect of Philadelphia's defense to keep Washington at bay. So, Philly beats Washington in Philly. I like Philadelphia as a pick on the line and under 46.5 points. See, some of these games I'm really giving you nothing to go on. I told you we were going to try to be quick. The Carolina Panthers are going to head home after that just bizarre sequence at the beginning of the Seattle game. Carolina's heading home to take on San Diego, and I'm just going to take the Chargers because I, I honestly believe that Carolina's season is is over. The, Carolina gave up, just gave up in that game. They, they showed really no fight at all on the offensive side, on the defensive side, and I mean, I get it, I get who they were playing, but just, just they just showed nothing. They just showed me absolutely nothing in that game last week, so I, I gotta go San Diego because I think San Diego is, at the very least, still playing for pride Look, San Diego knows full well they're not catching any of those teams in front of them in the division. And despite the fact that they're 5-7... and seven, they're outscoring their opponents on average on the season, which is something that I cannot say about the Carolina Panthers based on that defense. Without Luke Keekley, I guess they just don't have any fire whatsoever. So I'm going to ride that San Diego on the road, despite the fact that I don't think San Diego's a particularly good road team. They are only two and four, but Carolina's only, you know, only three and three at home, so they're no by no means a world beater in their own building, San Diego upsets Carolina. On the line, Carolina's only favored by a single point. Got a lot of one point lines and a lot of like 46 and a half or 43 and a half totals, come to think of it. I guess it's just that early in the week. I'm going to tell you to take San Diego plus one there, obviously, where I like the Chargers to win that game. And the total's 48 points, you gotta go over on it because you don't know what you're going to get from Carolina's defense. Can't really trust Carolina's defense. San Diego's got a really good offense, Carolina's has a good offense if they want to use it, so 48 points, I think it goes over. San Diego beats Carolina, San Diego plus one on the line, over 48 points. After that absolute debacle last night, the New York Jets are going to travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Seems like it's the perfect time to play the 49ers. After that terrible game against Chicago last week, they benched Kaepernick. And it seems like, you know, momentum is at an all-time low for the 49ers. So naturally, I'm going to tell you to take San Francisco. This is a game that I, I doubt anyone other than the fan bases of these two particular teams are going to give a damn about. The Jets looked like a peewee football team last night. Just awful. Honestly, these two teams are, are shockingly similar in that we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. And it doesn't look like they like any of their quarterbacks right now. Either team, uh, neither team can really play defense in certain areas. Run defense for San Francisco, and the secondary and pass defense for the Jets. I, I, I'm just going to defer to the home team. I'll just I'll take the home team with the home team bump. I'll take San Francisco to beat the Jets, no matter who San Francisco has in a quarterback. Niners are actually favored by a point based on the fact that they're at home here, so I'm going to tell you to take San Francisco minus one. Total in this game, 46 and a half points. I got to go under because who the hell knows what you're going to get from either one of these offenses. So San Francisco beats the Jets in San Francisco, like San Francisco minus one on the line and under 46 and a half points. Do not watch this football game. Instead, save up your energy to watch this football game because this is going to be Easily the game of the week. The Green Bay Packers at home taking on the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm not just deferring to the home team here. Spoilers, I do think Green Bay wins the game. I'm interested, really interested to see how the Seahawks are going to respond as a team to losing Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas done for the season with a fracture, or it might have even been a full break, in his leg. He may be calling it a career, and he's a cornerstone of that defense. So I'm really interested to see how Seattle is going to respond to that. It's a great time for Green Bay to be getting Seattle in Green Bay down Earl Thomas. That's a big deal for the Packers who are fighting for their playoff lives, trying to remain in the hunt here. Like The NFC North is not decided yet if one of those 6 and 6 teams loses either green bay or minnesota and detroit wins then the nfc north is pretty well over but keep it within a couple of games and it's going to come right down to the wire so green bay they're desperate to win this game they need to win this game seattle does not need to win this game i'm not going to i'm not saying that they're not going to try obviously they are but another thing seattle's only 4-3 and 1 against the nfc they found a ton of success against the AFC, they're 4-0, they're unbeaten, but against other NFC opponents, they're only 4-3-1, they're essentially a 500 team. Green Bay, they're also only a 500 team against the NFC, but they get the benefit of being at home where they are 4-2 this season. I'm going to tell you to go Green Bay because Seattle may be right for the picking this week on the road. Green Bay beats Seattle. On the line, Green Bay two and a half point dog at home. I'm going to tell you to take that. Green Bay plus two and a half works for me. I think they're going to win the game outright. Take that line. 46 and a half points is the total. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it because Green Bay can play run defense if they want to. They haven't exactly been showing it over the last, I don't know, two months. But they can, so it's possible. I think these teams are going to score their points. But 46 and a half, I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. That might be a bad decision as aaron Rodgers is playing as well as he is and russell wilson is playing as well as he is but especially if you get a little bit of snow or it's cold i just get the feeling the game's gonna stay under so green bay beats seattle and green bay i like green bay plus two and a half on the line under 46 and a half points the tampa bay bucks at home taking on the new orleans saints all nfc south matchup and you know what god damn it I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to get off the Bucks' butts. I really do. I still don't think this is a good football team. I just think it's a team that happens to be on a win streak right now. They're basically the Miami Dolphins of the NFC, whereas they were on a big win streak. I don't think it makes them a good football team. I think it just makes them a team that's on a win streak. Dallas is a good football team. But you can't deny that the Tampa Bay Bucks are hot right now. That doesn't mean that I'm going to pick with them this week, but it just means that they're on a hot streak right now. And I have a big poop-eating grin on my face as I say that. I'm going to take the Saints on the road to beat Tampa Bay, and you've got to be just fuming at me at this point. My reasoning is just that New Orleans... Look, both of these teams have something to play for here in this division. Tampa Bay is now tied for the lead in this division with Atlanta at seven and five. The Saints are at five and seven. They still have a lot to play for too. Not only finishing the season at or above five hundred, but if they win out, nine and seven could be enough for the last wild card spot. I would imagine the Giants are probably going to get the first wild card. They're eight and four right now. They've definitely got the inside track but for the other wild card teams you're looking at 6-5 and 1, 6 and 6, 6 and 6, 7 and 5, 5-6 five, and 1. They got a shot at 9 and 7. If they win out, they could do it. They could get in, they could sneak to sneak their way into that last wild card spot. They've got plenty to still play for here. And I just I love the prospects of that New Orleans offense. Sure, the defense plays like garbage, but I think that offense against Tampa Bay's defense, I think that offense is going to do plenty of damage in that game. So I like New Orleans. Even though it's on the road, they're not a good road team. They don't have to travel very far. They're just going to Tampa Bay, Florida. I like the Saints on the road to upset the Bucks. On the line, Bucks are favored by two and a half points at home. Obviously, I'm going to tell you to go New Orleans plus two and a half, but you might want to hold off on that line because that line could grow to three or four by game time. So hold off on that line, but right now, I'm going to take New Orleans plus two and a half. Total in this game, 51 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it because Tampa Bay has been scoring a lot lately. New Orleans has been scoring a lot all season, so 51 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over, New Orleans upsets Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, New Orleans plus two and a half, over 51 and a half points. The New York Giants are going to welcome the only team in football that has locked up a playoff spot at this point, and that is their division rival, the Dallas Cowboys. And I tell you, last week was the first time that Dallas looked human since week one. And it was in a game where they were on the road against a good defense. This week, they are on the road against a good defense, a team that plays very well in their own building. I believe the Giants are, what, 5-1 and one at home? They are. They're 5-1 and one at home. Now, sure, look, the Cowboys are 6-0. and The Cowboys haven't lost a road game. So far this season. But again, last week, I felt like they looked pretty human. This is back-to-back roadies for Dallas. I don't think Dallas ends the season 15-1. and I like the Giants here. I'm going to take New York in their own barn to upset division leader, division rival. I think Dallas finally goes down this week. On the line, Giants are three-point dogs at home. Take that. Take that all day because that line could very well grow before game time so Giants plus three total in this game 47 and a half points I think you stay under on it I'm looking for a huge performance from the Giants defense to keep Zeke Elliott tied up to keep Dak Prescott make Dak Prescott look like a rookie in this game Giants win straight up Giants plus three on the line under 47 and a half points and the last game we're going to look at before we get to the platinum gold silver and bronze picks is the New England Patriots playing host to the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, Baltimore looked really damn impressive last week, just clobbering the Miami Dolphins. New England got it done last week against Los Angeles, only giving up 10 points and scoring 26 without Rob Gronkowski. I was actually really tempted to go Baltimore in this game, and I think if the game was in Baltimore, I would take Baltimore to upset New England. I don't think their offense looked great last week without Gronkowski, and they're playing a really good defense this week, are the Patriots. So, situationally, if the game was in Baltimore, I'd probably tell you to take the Ravens. It's not. It's in New England. Take the Patriots, but don't take the Patriots in a blowout here. Baltimore are currently seven point dogs on the road on the line and i'm taking that i'm taking baltimore plus seven new england has the credibility to be a touchdown favorite in a game like this but i'm just i'm not taking it i'm not buying it it's a game that baltimore could sneak up and win straight up it's a possibility so definitely take the seven points there baltimore plus seven on the line total in this game is 45 points. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. I don't know what you're going to get from Baltimore's offense, but I do know what you're going to get from Baltimore's defense, and that's pretty damn good. So 45 points, it's one of those kind of middling numbers. Typically, I would go over on this number in a New England game, but I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. New England beats Baltimore in New England, but I'm hedging my bets. I like Baltimore plus seven on the line under 45 points making fairly good time here folks let's keep it going platinum gold silver and bronze picks for week 14 let's do it we're going to start with the bronze pick where i'm seven and six straight up six six and one against the spread and six and seven in the over under my bronze pick sees the indianapolis colts at home taking on the houston texans this is not 100 percent about situation but it's partly about situation houston still sucks on the road let's be perfectly honest about it they ain't good they're the worst road team in this division aside from jacksonville who is just head and shoulders the worst team in this division one of the worst teams in football except for the pass defense they're pretty good Houston, they're only 1-5 and on the road. The Brock Osweiler experiment has failed. Indianapolis looked incredible last night, to the point that, like, even though the game was in New York, it almost felt like a home game for Indianapolis, didn't it? I mean, look, by halftime, it was mostly only Indy fans that were still there, and the building was pretty loud whenever Indianapolis scored, so... Felt like a home game for them this week. They get to go back home. It's a division rival, and look, the Texans—they're three and zero against their division. So they're—they've played incredibly well against the AFC South so far this season. I don't think they win this game. I'm taking Indianapolis at home to take the outright lead in this division. Indianapolis beats Houston in Indianapolis on the line. Colts are favored by four and a half points. I'm going to tell you to take that Indianapolis minus four and a half. Their defense actually looked fairly good against, you know, a pretty hapless team, but the defense looked good. They got the takeaways that they haven't been getting all season. There's going to be opportunity with Brock Osweiler to get some takeaways in this game. Indianapolis minus four and a half total in this game, 46 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it because I loved what I saw out of Indy's offense last night, and I think we're going to get a whole big bunch more of it in week 14. Indianapolis beats Houston straight up Indianapolis minus four and a half points over 46 and a half points in the total that is the bronze pick my silver pick where I'm 10 and three straight up eight and five against the spread and seven and six over under we're up over 500 in all of those picks sees the Minnesota Vikings travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars remember how I talked about Jacksonville and how their pass defense It was actually pretty good. I think Billy B. pointed out to me in in a private chat that they had like a top five secondary or something like that, statistically speaking. That's pretty impressive for Jacksonville. It'll be interesting to see if that's just a coin flip, like a one season anomaly, or if that's the beginning of something more for the Jags moving forward. Hopefully it's the latter. I want to see Jacksonville succeed. Having a good secondary is almost meaningless against the Minnesota Vikings because they don't throw the football. It's all about how you defend the run. And Jarek McKinnon had a really good game last week. He feels like he's on fire. You've still got Matt Aziata as a change of pace back. There's the ever looming threat that Arian Arian Foster, I was about to say Arian Foster, Jesus, that Adrian Peterson is going to come back at some point this season. There are going to be teams that are going to be looking ahead to that. I don't think Jacksonville is one of those teams, but the point remains you've got to stop the run against Minnesota, and I don't think Jacksonville is going to do it. I like the Vikings on the road, I mean, as, as objectively the better team, but I like Minnesota on the road to beat Jacksonville, Flex their defensive muscle and flex that run game. Minnesota favored by three and a half points on the road, and that's the way I'm going to tell you to go with it. Minnesota minus three and a half. It's not too many. Total in this game, 39 and a half points. I think you have to go over on it. I think Jacksonville will score something, and if they get to double digits, then it's really not going to take Minnesota much to get over this total. So 39 and a half, it's a low number. Let's go over on it. So, Minnesota beats Jacksonville in Jacksonville, Minnesota minus three and a half on the line over 39 and a half points. That is the silver pick. My gold pick where I'm 12 and one straight up eight and five against the spread and eight and five over under sees the Detroit Lions playing at home against the Chicago Bears. And look, big ups to Chicago for winning their game last week. Anytime Chicago wins, it feels like it's not an anomaly but like hey it's awesome look they won and i mean look they're two and three in their last five that's not terrible after having started the season one and six so i mean they're they're trending in the right direction but this is 100 just abusing the situation detroit very good very good home team this season Five and one at home. Five of their eight wins have come in Detroit. Chicago still yet to win a road game. This is not a long way for Chicago to travel. It's not one of these across the country treks as like Seattle going to New England or something. So it's not a huge amount of travel, but they're coming into play an incredibly tough home team who had a very impressive performance last week. I like Detroit in this one. All day, Lions clobber the Bears. On the line, Detroit favored by over a touchdown, eight points in this game. Typically, I would take the underdog side of this line. I got a feeling about this game. I got a feeling about these Lions. Detroit, minus eight on the line. That's the way I'm going to go with it total in this game 43 and a half points I think you have to go over on it Chicago looks like maybe they can get some points out of their run game the pass game probably not a whole heck of a lot of anything but Detroit's definitely going to score their points if Detroit's got golden Tate finally going after last week this Lions team is going to do some damage in the playoffs you heard it here first over 43 and a half points in this game I think both teams will be able to score some points. I think Detroit just scores a lot more. Lions beat the Bears in Detroit. Detroit minus eight over 43 and points. That is the gold pick. And the Platinum pick where I'm 11-2 straight up, 7-5-1 against the spread, and 6-7 and over-under. As we mentioned, we've swept the Platinum pick in the last two weeks. That's awesome. We're on a hot streak on this one. The Atlanta Falcons traveling to L.A. to take on the Rams. And you can't really call it a situational matchup because, I mean, the Rams are only 4-8. Atlanta's co-leading their division. But Atlanta's got to stop mucking around here. Like, they got to pick it up. Atlanta is now tied with Tampa Bay, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, for the NFC South Division lead at 7-5. and five. This was a team that was dominating this division just a few weeks ago. They're only 3-2 and two in their last five games. They've allowed Tampa Bay to get back into it. If you have a Rams franchise here that is silly enough to re-sign Jeff Fisher for two more years after the weird, just inexplicable decisions that this guy has made over his whole career, but especially this season, you've got a team that I don't particularly think is gonna be all that dangerous. Even at home, at home, they've been terrible this year. They're one and four. Falcons actually have a winning record on the road. They're four and two. This is pretty well a no-brainer. Take the Atlanta Falcons to destroy Los Angeles in Los Angeles Falcons are only favored in this game by six points it's less than the Detroit game take Atlanta minus six even against that pretty good defense against LA total in this game 45 points I gotta tell you to go over on it Atlanta could clear 45 on their own I think this is a statement game for the Falcons they need this game in a big bad way as Tampa Bay could very well beat New Orleans. I like New Orleans to win that game, but they could very well win it. Atlanta needs this game. They're going to take this game. Los Angeles is only going to be in this game for about the first five minutes in the first quarter. After that, it's Atlanta's game all the way. Falcons beat the Rams in Los Angeles. Atlanta minus six, over 45 points. That's your platinum pick. Nothing this week from SoundCloud, so we're back to YouTube for the comment of the week. Our comment of the week from the week 13 video comes from Brady's back, Holly Gordon, who uh, made mention, uh, I had talked about and I've talked about in the last few weeks, about how I don't think the Oakland Raiders defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense. I still don't think that. I still don't even think it's a AFC championship game defense or getting past the first round of the playoffs. They might win a playoff game if they're in the wildcard round. Anyways, definitely don't think they're a Super Bowl caliber defense. Holly made mention about that and was asking about her New England Patriots. On what you were saying about the Oakland D not being good enough to win a Super Bowl, we all know the Patriots offense is a Super Bowl caliber offense. I agree with that, although with the Rob Gronkowski injury, there's some gray area there. Thoughts on the Patriots defense. Is that a Super Bowl defense? that's actually an excellent question I appreciate it we're gonna talk about it for just a few minutes before I get out of here is the Patriots defense a Super Bowl caliber defense possibly um <laughs> that, that's about that's about the 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 long and the short of it are they <sighs> it's a tough call the Patriots defense has played well this season they're a top 10 statistical defense they rank number nine in terms of yards allowed per game in terms of what they've allowed on in terms of passing they are just outside the top 10 they're at 12th so they're inside the top half they've been a good run defense as well this season ranking inside just barely inside the top 10 at number 10 so basically all the way across the board this is a top 10 defense except when you look at the points they've allowed they've been allowing yardage but this is the number two scoring defense in football they're right up there with baltimore who has given up measurably way less yardage but they've allowed just as many points as new england has it's 207 in terms of the entire nfl it's top five So is New England a Super Bowl caliber defense? I think yes, because it's a huge element of defense is scoring defense. Obviously, the way you win games is by scoring points and not letting the other guys score as many points as you've scored. And that's New England's bread and butter. Even if they don't score 40 points, they might only score like look look at last week's game. Now, again, I understand it was against the Rams. So you got to take this with a grain of salt. They only scored 26 points. Four touchdowns on the other side, and they lose that game. They only gave up 10. Now, against a better offense, they probably would have given up more than 10. But the point is, that's how you win football games. The name of the game is winning football games. Are the New England Patriots a Super Bowl caliber defense? My answer is yes. Thank you, Holly, for your comment. You are the comment of the week in the Week 14 video. All right, folks, that's going to do it for a rather rushed uh, and yet somehow late version uh episode of the bridgewater's finest 2016 2017 nfl pick show justin's nfl pick show we've been doing it for a long time now in the midst deep into season five here and hey look we got further than we got last season where i think i may have stopped after week 12 so that's pat on the back to me for not being lazy i guess That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Week 14 is in the books. I hope you enjoy the games. We will see you again for week 15. Take care.